So this morning, uh, the main purpose of our this, uh, time, this, this next stage that we're in, is to just recap a little uh, from three weeks ago. Um, and we were talking about loving God's community, this community that we're part of, you might remember. It would be helpful for me to know how many people were not here. If you Would you mind just quickly raising your hands if you were not here so we got an idea of how many people this won't make a lot of sense to? Okay, so I just wanted to briefly connect this service with that service by going over a couple of the things that were really important for us to consider in that service. So as I said, what we were talking about there was connecting the community of God together, loving God's community, this group of people here. Because there's something special about God's encouragement. Now, you know, the whole New Testament is just filled with us being encouraged to love one another, isn't it? I mean, that's just a given. But a lot of times we think that that is meaning, you know, loving the world around us. But there's a special place for loving God's community, the group of people that God has put us together with to worship Him and to encourage one another in that. So, um, so we were, we've been reflecting a little on that. And... Um, uh, last time, you know, one of the things I wanted to make really, really clear, and I'm not sure I did a very good job of, was that this is not in any way meant to bring condemnation on any of us. Because you see, the condemnation is clearly not from God. You know, the Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. My intention and, and our intention, so once again, I'm representing the pastoral care team uh, in this fellowship. Our intention is to call people up, to encourage people, to give people a sense of hope, something that they can, a step that they can step, something that they can walk, not something that they feel bad about, because that's not going to achieve anything. So today, as we go on in this journey, I really want you to be careful. If, if you sense that condemnation coming up, that's something the devil's putting there. You know, he's the father of lies, and he wants to heap condemnation on us because what happens when we feel condemned is that we start to not function because, you know, it's, there's no point. You know, we don't function when we're feeling condemned. But when the Spirit convicts us, we're actually encouraged to move forward. And sometimes that, you know, that inner voice, it's a little hard to know which is which. And we have to be very careful that we listen to the right voice, the voice that's encouraging us on and saying, yes, this is something you can do. This is not impossible for you. This is not a, a, a put down. This is a step up. All right? The second thing I just wanted to remind us of again, and Bruce has been talking a bit about this in Ephesians. I'll, I'll, read, I'll read one of the verses that he shared a couple of weeks ago. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His Spirit deeply, gently working within us. You know, that's the mark of the Holy Spirit's working. It's deep and it's gentle. It's not aggressive and nasty. It's loving, it's gentle. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for us. Uh, for. You know, this loving one another... This is not just a, a sideline thing. This is actually a big part of the work of the kingdom. The Bible makes it so clear, folks. And we looked at a number of verses a couple of weeks ago that just encourage us on this journey. 
This is not just a little thing in God's agenda. This is a really big thing in God's agenda, you know, that we learn to be lovers of one another. And friends, if that's not you naturally, then that's when the Holy Spirit can come and do something deeply and gently in your heart to change what is there and make it more whole and bring transformation. You know, Bruce often talks about transformation as our main you know, goal in life, is to be transformed from one glory to the next. Part of that transformation is learning to love one another. So let's call out to the Holy Spirit, not just this morning, but in our lives on an ongoing basis, to have him work gently and deeply in us in this loving one another. Another misunderstanding that I think I brought was that this was largely about loving and caring for new people that come in our doors. And yes, it's absolutely about that. But we want it to be far wider, far more encompassing than just the new folk that walk in. We want to be a church, definitely, that, brings, that makes people feel truly welcome when they walk in this door. Now that's our folk as much as any new folk that the Lord chooses to send our way. And so I, I really pray that you broaden your horizon this morning to not just feeling about, you know, what can we do to encourage new folk, but look around you. This is your community, saints. This is the community that the Lord has placed you in. How can you grow to care and love for that community in a greater measure? Okay, I wonder if we could hand out some uh, paper and pens again. So what we're doing this morning, last time we got together, we handed out paper and pens, and we asked folk to give us some of the reasons why they struggle in this area of caring for one another, for inviting new people to their homes, going up to people that they perhaps don't know and welcoming them, talking with them. We asked you folk if you would give us some of the reasons why you find that really difficult because, you know, we don't want to assume that we know anything. My personality deals with those things quite differently to yours and so it would be foolish for me to think that in my headspace I can understand where all you folk are at in terms of this area. And we had 70 responses from that, um, uh, 70 pages with, sometimes with numbers of reasons. And so I want to thank you for that. Because that was very, very insightful, very helpful for us. And this morning is largely about reporting back on those responses. So what is the paper and pencil for this morning? Well, this morning what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to respond back to you about some of those uh, points that you made. And we're wanting to give some suggestions on how you might overcome them. That's part of what we're doing this morning. Okay? And so what we'd like you to, to encourage you to do... if one of the areas that we raise or one of the examples that we bring speaks to you and you think, yes, that's something that I could do better or I'd like to be part of that or, you know, this, this makes sense to me. Can I connect with that? Write your name on that bit of paper and talk to us about it. You know, just say, hey, Ron or uh, partial care team, um, you know, when you talked about that, that made sense. I would like to to be involved with that. And we're going to get very practical this morning. This is not going to be things that you won't be able to connect with. It's a very practical session this morning. And so if there's something that speaks to you, then I would really like you to write that down and we'll collect those bits of paper at the end of the service 
And once again, we'll be able to use those in how we progress from here. Does that all make sense? Are there any questions anybody has? Okay, we're all... Okay, does, has anyone not got paper? Bruce, the lowest, uh, this, the front end doesn't have a lot of paper yet. Anyone not got a pen? Great. Okay, the first thing I would like to do is just to... To go back um, to um, our theme verse, uh, verses last time is in John 15, 9 through till about 12. These, this group of verses, to me, is just a, a wonderful... I don't think it's going to be up there because I was very naughty and I didn't get it to the AV people by Thursday. So, But... We're going to read it through really slowly and bit, bit by bit. So I, if it doesn't go on there, that's fine, all right? So, um, so this, this group of verses is a wonderful progression on this whole area of caring for one another. It really goes into it step by step and says what this is all about, okay? So we're going to take a line at a time and look through it. So I've loved you the way my... So this is Jesus talking to his disciples, all right? I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Okay? Now, as you know, I like response back. What, what's the Bible? What's Jesus saying there? I've loved you the way my Father's loved me. What's one of the significant cri- uh, characteristics of God's love for Jesus? Sorry? Intense? Very intense. He loves him with intensity. What's another word that describes God's love for his son, Jesus? Sorry, Dinah? Unconditional. I think that's the, one, the word that I would most like to highlight. Unconditional. God's love for his son is unconditional. There is nothing that, will, that Jesus will do that will make God love him more and nothing that Jesus will do that will make him love him less. God's love for Jesus is unconditional. Okay, so what does Jesus then say? I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. So what does that make his love for us? Unconditional, doesn't it? His love for us is unconditional. This is really important, and it's interesting that he says this almost as a foundational point, because like me, he doesn't want people being condemned. He wants to know that this is not conditional. What we're talking about, this caring, whether you do it or not, doesn't mean you'll be loved by God or not. That's not what he's talking about. You'll be loved by God, you'll be loved by Jesus, whether you do this or not. But there's more promises here that I want to bring you uh, to. So, make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. So that, uh, we talked a bit about this last time, that almost a bit sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? And one mouth is full, he's saying it's unconditional, and then he's saying you've got to remain in it. That almost speaks about the fact that you can get out of his love. But that's not what it's meaning. Can you remember what we talked about last time when it, about this part of the, uh, the verse? Remain in my love. What is he talking about there? Okay. You're, all of us 
who are loved by somebody, we can actually step out of that love by our own choice, can't we? Now, this is really evident to be seen. You know, kids are wonderful pictures of lots of areas of life because kids are so expressive, you know. We hide a lot of stuff, don't we? But, but kids, they don't hide. Now, when a child's been naughty, when you're one of your children, if you've been a parent or, you know, grandparent, or one, when a child's been naughty, what so often happens to that child? They, they step out of your love. Not that you've loved them any less, but they start to doubt whether you love them. Yeah? So they've stepped out of that relationship thing by what they've done. I mean, I've seen this with my grandkids, for example, when, when they've done something they know, and I look at them, and they think that that look is a, a look of, I don't love you anymore. So what do I have to do really quickly? I have to remind them and say, hey, I still love you, darling, but that was naughty. Yeah? Now, we can step out of God's love in that same way because we're, we're so much like children in our relationship with God. And, and so often I've seen people who live for great lengths of their time out of the love of God, not because God doesn't love them, but because they think they are unworthy to be loved by God because of what they've done. Now, Jesus is saying to us here, friends, you don't need to step out of that love. It's unconditional. It's always there. But he does say, if you keep my commandments, that's a way in which you can really help yourself stay in that love. So then he says, so what is my commandment? This is my commandment. Love one another the way I have loved you. So what that says to me, if I want to stay in that sense of being loved by God, one of the ways I can do that really clearly, because he's really clear in his statement here, is by loving one another, loving people. Okay? So that's a way in which if you're feeling a bit of out of sorts with God because of some of the stuff you've done, it's a fantastic way in which you can step back into that sense of relationship with him. Now, and the final part, which is really significant there, is he says, this is the very best way to love. So he's even helping us about that. You're saying, okay, so how do I love people, Ron? Put your life on the line for your friends. Now, what that means to me, and we talked a bit about this, didn't we? That means you're putting other people before you. You're putting other people's desires, other people's needs, other people's other people before your own needs. So it seems to me there's a wonderful progression there. Yes, we're always in God's love, but when we step out of it, there's a great way to get back into it by loving one another. And the way we love one another is finding ways in which we can care for somebody and do something for them that is a sacrifice for our, for our own desires. Yeah? Does that make sense? You can shake your head. If, you, if, that, if, if, if I've made myself clear there, you can shake your head, so I know that you have. Okay, good. All right, because that's really key, because that's what we're talking about today. All right, let's get back to some of these, these points that people have raised. 
All right, so we got lots of similar responses, obviously. Lots of people had the same um, challenges that they faced in regard to this caring for people, loving people, all right? One of them was many, uh, was about time. We're so busy. Uh, or that they need to, uh, a, a time to plan. They need, you know, a bit of, bit of notice to plan an event like this. So this whole area of time was a significant. Several, several people put down time as an issue. What I would like to encourage you to think about is when we're talking about this caring for people, inviting people home or connecting with people, we're not suggesting that every week you come here with a sense of burden to connect with somebody new that you don't know and make some kind of gesture to meet with them afterwards or take them home for lunch. We're not suggesting that, friends. In fact, we've broken it down to an idea of what, say, once a term you chose to really make an effort to do that. Just once a term. That's four times in a year. So four times in a year you said, I'm going to go to church with the sole well, with one of the main reasons for going to church today is to connect with somebody that I don't know. And in some way, maybe invite them for a meal, and we're going to talk various ways in which you can do that, but in some way connect with somebody you don't know well. Just once a term. All right? That's all we're asking. If we did that, friends, this place would be buzzing with sense of relationship because you would, you know, there would be people would really know so many more people and be connected with so many more people and when that happens if someone comes into that they sense the love in a group that are experiencing that kind of relationship maybe just once a term so that's one suggestion there okay a number of people said weekends are for relaxing or this is not my gifting i have sports on Uh, it's quite draining and it's my time for family Once again, all very valid responses, and we appreciate your honesty. So what are we to say about this? Well, my encouragement to you once again is that for anything that is worth getting, there is a cost to be paid. That's a a rule in all of life, isn't it? If you want to achieve something, you have to pay a cost. And the, the, the reward for relating with people, is a rich life. That's what the Bible tells us. And any of us who, exp- who are involved in this regularly, we would say that connecting with people you don't know, building relationships with people that you don't know, brings richness to your life that you cannot, you cannot put a figure on or you cannot really... It's, it's amazing what happens when people come into your home and, you know, I've said, or well, one of the verses, in fact, the verse on on your bulletin this morning, talks about inviting people into your home. Who knows, you might invite an angel there. I said this last time. I know without a shadow of a doubt that we have invited angels into our home. Now, they might have just looked like ordinary people like us, but an angel brings a message of hope, brings a message of love from God, doesn't it? That's what angels do. And many, many folk that have been into our home have encouraged us, supported us, loved us, and it's a wonderful experience to be part of. And so I pray that the reward of that kind of richness will motivate you to sacrifice just a little bit 
of some of these things so that you can experience that joy and that, uh, that love that comes from that. You know, it's counterculture for, for New Zealanders to do this. I've had the privilege of you know, going over to Asia and a number of uh, countries um, in a mission capacity over the years. And the advantage of going in a mission capacity is that you don't go to the tourist resorts where everyone looks glossy and, and looks much the same as what we do, just with a different color skin. But you go into the villages, and that's where the real culture of that country is outworked, isn't it? And so I've, I have, I mean, every time I've been, I've been overawed at the difference that those cultures place on connecting with people, on community. They will give a week's wages for a feast when a new person comes to a village and shares the, the, the word. They'll invite you to their home and they will put on a meal that's the equivalent of a week's wages to do that. Now, that's, that's built into them as a, as a people. That's their culture. And I'm not suggesting we all start doing that either. But what I'm saying is, you know, we are called to be counterculture people. And this culture in New Zealand draws us into inward living. To think about ourselves as number one, that our life revolves around what's good for me and sometimes it's for our family and so we feel somewhat justified by that because we think it's family, you know, it's not just us. But friends, there is so much more that can be gained when we stretch our borders beyond ourselves and our family and start to relate closely with other people. And so this is when what Bruce was talking about and this verse in Ephesians that we read earlier is talking about. It's going to be hard for some of us. For some of us, it's going to be really big. But you see, the Holy Spirit's bigger than all of that. And he can give you strength and help in this very practical way. And you can find, I mean, honestly, I have been amazed sometimes at the conversations that develop. You know, some people have wrote back in response, I'd be scared that we'd run out of things to talk about. And yes, honestly, sometimes it happens and, and there's quiet patches. But that's okay. But then other times, God has, or the Holy Spirit has come in to that gathering and we have started a conversation that has been truly meaningful for all of us who have partaken in it. That's what we can enjoy when we meet like that. So the Holy Spirit is very interested in this part of our lives. And if you lack the confidence or lack the uh, experience to do this, call on the Holy Spirit to help you in this journey. All right, what was another one? My house is too small, too, too untidy. I live too far away. Um, we've got an unhappy home at present. That hurt me. I felt so sad when I heard that. And I pray, whoever that was, if you're here, that God will step into that place and make it happy again. I really do. And he can do that. And I pray that for you. My husband is unsaved. Another very real and challenging situation. And I pray that God will touch that man's life as well. Other family members are not keen. Uh, we are very private people. And we're in the midst of refurbishment, so our house is uh, not appropriate. Okay. Very practical, very real situations, eh? 
Now, a little later, uh, we're going to have some of the uh, pastoral care team come up, and they're going to be able to share some of the the uh, ways in which they're connecting with people outside of their home. So there's, you know, I won't take their thunder, so we'll, we'll deal with that a bit more later. But there are great ways in which you can still connect with people outside your home and experience all that I've been talking about in terms of relating with people in other situations. So Bruce and Anne are going to come later and uh, share about that. Actually, no, I'm going to change that around. Why don't we do that right now? Bruce, can I... Bruce, would you come and share one way in which you're doing that? We lost Mark. Just talk loud. Oh. No, Matt's not here, I think. No, Matt's not here, I don't think it's on. Yeah, Bruce, just talking here. Sorry? Oh, Joe's coming to the rescue. Thanks, Joe. Our Sandman's disappeared. <laughs> It's not now. Right. Uh, yeah, as many of the guys know, um, I, I catch up with a number of you for coffee. And the idea for that arose from when I came in on staff and worked here full time. Because I felt that one of the most important things I needed to do, first and foremost, was to get to know you um, and to get to know who you were, who I was caring for uh, in a better and deeper way. But also realise that a lot of you are busy, either at night, sports, kids, meetings and other things like that. And also your weekends are busy as well. So I decided, why don't I come to your workplace and, and catch you in there? So I devoted one day a week to coming into town and doing coffee at lunchtimes with, with several of you. And um, I have to say, it's just been one of the highlights of the job, if not the highlight actually. Um, to learn about your journey to, to faith, to CFUH... Um, to hear what God's done in your life, to hear how your career has developed, how you met your spouse even. There's some good stories there always. Um, your background, your siblings, where you grew up, significant events and all those sorts of things in, in your interests. And I've also really had the privilege of learning of some of your challenges and your struggles. And, and that's been really great and have shaped a lot of the prayer times that I do. I, I pray first thing in the morning when I come to work and all that. The value of doing coffee and coming to you, is that we get the best part of an hour, which is so much better than, than the, the 10 minutes or 15 minutes we do get after church. And, um, but I also feel that um, I'm not robbing you of your, of your valuable family time. Um, and when I stand here and see all of you as the church family, you're not just people, you're individual peoples who all have your different lives and lifestyles and relationships and, and what God's done in you. So um, I, yeah, if you feel shy about that sort of thing, I guess I'd just encourage you to perhaps to do it in threes or fours. But um, it's actually been a wonderful way, and I've really enjoyed um, catching up in that way. Good. Awesome. Thank you, Bruce. And am I on that? Sorry? Have I lost my sound? Okay, I'll just talk a bit louder because I don't know how to uh, fix it. I'm on now. <laughs> don't talk so loud. <laughs> 
And, you know, please don't discount the fact that that's sort of Bruce is doing that as part of his day job. Once again, you don't have to do it as often as what Bruce is doing it. But even once a term, you choose to connect with somebody you've met here and say, hey, why don't we have a coffee in town next week and get to know them a little better than what you can in this environment. So dear Anne's going to come and share about another one. Is that on? Okay, I've been asked to share on um, another opportunity or a different way of being able to connect and enjoy and relax and have fellowship with other people. Um, As mentioned in the response and the questionnaire that we did, there were were quite a few different things that came up. And having people home, for many, as as Ron just said, um, having people home isn't really an option. Um, Another issue that came up a lot that Ron mentioned was time. Um, People work full-time, they get really busy. Um, It can be a big commitment for some. And another one that came up was um, some people find it really hard to make conversation and feel the pressure of what would I say? I you know, wouldn't be able to keep something like that going. Um, I've been asked today to... I just want to encourage you about coming along to the cafe, the church cafe after church on a Sunday. Um, I found this a really good way and another option um, of being able to connect with others um, it's a really warm, um, relaxing, nice environment where you can just go and chill and relax, have a coffee or a tea, and catch up with other people while you're there. Again, it takes the pressure off home. Um, time-wise, it takes the pressure off time because you can just go for a little while and take control of your time. I mean, you can just stay for half an hour and and have to if you have to go, just go. Also, the issue the, of, of having to be the one to make the conversation. There's often groups of people out there around the tables. You can just grab a seat, pull up a seat, and it's really cool conversation because everybody's involved with it and everyone's chatting and you can just be a part of that. Um, the cafe's open every Sunday after church and there's always a tea, coffee and biscuits available for people. Um, there's some pizza. In the winter we're going to be having soup and rolls. So it's a great way of grabbing a bit of lunch before you have to chase off and go after the rest of your day. Um, for a very little time, it can be a really valuable time. And there's always someone that you meet, someone new. And um, like Bruce said, it's great just hearing about other people's lives and what they do and who they are. And it's a great way of church family being able to get to know each other and um, fellowship together. Um, so really just encourage you to go for it. I encourage you to just come along on your own, just come on out afterwards and, and just relax and enjoy each other. But also, if you feel to, invite someone to come out with you. Um, be really neat to catch up with you guys out there. So thank you. Thank you, Anne. All right. So we'll get rid of that. All right, so another uh, question or response that we got quite a bit of was, uh, we need a crowd breaker to connect with people we don't know. I'm too shy to go up to people I don't know. Give me a name so that I can go and talk with them. I'm too scared to ask in case they say no. 
very real, very honest. Thank you for those people. And lots of people, you know, we, lots of people gave those similar responses. So there's a couple of ways that we'd like to talk about that. You remember that um, we talked about the idea of opening our relationship circles. So the last thing we want to encourage is that people think that church is all about people you don't know because that's unrealistic. Church is very much about connecting with your friends here and we absolutely want to encourage that and, and in fact encourage it to, be, to doing more of that. But if you open up that relationship circle, then straight away you've got the benefit that the person you're letting into that circle is not on their own and having, you know, having to be quizzed and, you know, I mean, I know I'm bad like that sometimes and if I've done that to you, I'm sorry. But, you know, I, to get a conversation going, I might ask you a lot of questions and, and you might feel a bit put on the spot and a bit like I'm interrogating you. If you open up a circle of friends, then straight away that person doesn't need to be the centre of all the conversation. They're just part of a conversation going on. And there isn't a sense of interrogation going on. It's a wonderful way of doing that and that can happen in lots of you know it can happen where two or three folk are standing together talking and you see somebody you don't know give them a smile and say oh you know come on in and have a chat with us you know or another fantastic way of doing that is for home groups to invite people to invite to have a home group lunch and then invite other people who are not part of your home group to be part of that and the Culver home group do this quite a bit So I've asked Ian if he'll come and share a little bit about the practicalities on how that works. Still on. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Um, The home group lunches, we, where's the home group decided we wanted to do something as much as an outreach as anything. So we started just having a, a lunch at somebody's place. Now we're really fortunate we've got probably half a dozen people that like opening up their homes. We're really fortunate we've got somebody like Pip that's really good at going out and inviting people. And quite often on a Sunday you go to invite somebody and they say, oh, Pip's already invited me. <laughs> um, and we've, we've had a number of places, just think outside the square, we had it in um, Kevin and Jenny's down at their play school, their preschool. Absolutely fantastic. Because you could play with the toys there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it, it meant we invited families with kids. I didn't go on the swing travel. <laughs> I just stayed on the um, other things that I knew would take my weight. But it's, these are always potluck. So the home group brings food and everyone in the home group brings enough food for other people. So if we invite two or three families or if we've invited more, we've sometimes stopped at the, the bakery on the way and bought some more stuff. Recently, Mary and I have started inviting people out just to go to a cafe. It's a chance to catch up with something. And... We're probably a bit fortunate that there's just a two of us, so financially we can afford to do that. And it's not an option for anyone. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be coffee. And a coffee, what's that? Four dollars? Five dollars? I don't know, I don't drink the stuff. Um, 
But hey, you can invite other people and uh, it doesn't mean to say you have to drink the drugs. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. If that's basically... That's great. Thank you, Ian. No, it's the last one. It's off. Finished. Okay. So, so that's another practical way in which we can open these circles, yeah? The other thing that we want to do too, friends, is this, this, we want to be there for you. So the pastoral care team and one or two others are really prepared to make those connections for you. Okay, so this is an area that you might well want to write down on your bit of paper. If you would like to do some entertaining or you'd like to invite some people out to a coffee or whatever, but the hurdle of connecting with somebody you don't know is too big for you, we can make that easier. We can gather some of the people that we know would value that and would be prepared to do that or would like to come and spend time with you and we can connect you together and then you can make a decision of where you want to go. So if that's for you, write it down and we will start to, you know, and it doesn't, once again, it might just be once a term, that's fine. You can tell us when you're ready and we'll help you make those connections. All right? Practical one. Good. Or another one that a lot of people talked about, of course, was uh, cooking. I can't cook. Don't know what people like to eat. Okay, well, there's a couple of options here. We've been doing this for years, Misty and I, and sometimes we decide to just go with bread rolls, ham, lettuce, tomato, cheese. People just come around our table, they grab their, their roll and they fill it with you know, bits and pieces, some juice. Very, very easy. And for lunch, it's great. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's ever said to me, <laughs> I wasn't impressed with that. I thought I was getting a three-courser today. <laughs> you know, people are not coming for the three-courses. They're coming for your company and to get to know you better. So, you know, rolls and, and, and fillings, really easy and really, you know, really good for that side of things. The other thing is that we're, we're, we realize that sometimes people want to put on a bit more, and uh, so we're going to have some cooking classes. Wow. All right? And we've got a few people in our congregation who are really good at making meals for a, a, you know, a few people. Sarah Basilio, she makes meals for our, um, our um, community meal. She made a superb chicken mono last week. You know, others have made meals. Uh, Charmaine and her group have made some meals. Great. Ian's made some meals. So we're going to have nights where those people are going to be teaching you how to make a meal because it's one thing to have a recipe. It's another thing to actually make that recipe work, isn't it? So we're going to have... And you can go along to those nights. You can pay a few bucks for the ingredients. They will bring the ingredients along. They don't even know about this yet, but this is something we're going to be doing. <laughs> They'll bring the ingredients along. You can have fun making the meal together and then you can enjoy eating it together and that'll be a great night. And it'll also give you something that you can do. So, you know, over the next few months, chicken mornay is going to be a common recipe amongst our people, isn't it? <laughs> no, all right, sorry. Uh, we're also going to get those folk and get some recipes and we're going to have a little, just a little recipe booklet that people can choose, which are good meals to put on if you're having people around. Because, you know, I've been around to some people and there is a fish head sitting at, looking at me. 
Now, if you like fish heads, that's great. Please do not feel offended by it. But a lot of people would find that difficult to eat. Or offal is another one. You know, a tongue. Some people really like offal, and that's fine, you know. But it's best to get meals that are going to attract the taste buds of the majority of people. And so we're going to give you some recipes that most people will enjoy, all right? Another practical way in which we can help in that regard. And then finally, a number of people said, I just simply can't afford that. And, you know, we recognize that. Sometimes budget is really tight. So, again, there's two ways in which we would like to talk to you about this. First of all, this idea of stretching it out and just maybe once a term. And it's something that you save up for. And it doesn't need to be an expensive meal. You know, we've, we've done meals on hardly cost anything. And the other thing is if you invite people, most often they say, can I bring something? So you're not even paying for the whole meal. So try it and see how that works for, for one score. The other is the pastoral care team have a fund available to them that if you really want to do this, but you don't have the resources, you can come and see one of us and we will pay for the meal. No one will know about it. It'll just be our little secret. But you can put on the meal that you feel comfortable putting on so that you feel you know, happy about what you're doing and invite some folk around and we'll cover the cost of that. All right? Okay. I think that's just about, that's just about all of the things. Obviously, there were some other ones that we don't feel we've got a whole lot of solutions for and, and if that's reality for you, so be it. But there's a number of things that you could possibly do. We're going to collect those bits of paper very shortly. If you'd like to jot some issues down for us that you'd like us to consider or you know, you'd like to write your name down and ask for help in some of those things, can you do that now as I just finish off? And the stewards could come and collect those bits of paper. That'd be great so we don't lose them. Friends, we talked a little bit about this last time too and I just want to finish by saying this. Being hospitable, being caring of one another is a two-way street. Can we encourage all of you to be easily loved and easily cared for? What I mean by that is if, you, if someone comes up to you and you don't know them well, you've got two choices, haven't you? You can stand there and you can say, yep, nope, maybe. Or you can engage with them. You can open yourself up and you can start to talk. And it might be awkward. As I said, that is often part of the process. It is sometimes awkward. But that's okay. All right? Can we finish by a prayer and ask the Lord to help us on this journey? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, we so want your presence amongst us. We so want this aspect of who you are to be rich and permeate through this place so that you feel you can send any lonely, needy person into our midst and they will be cared for by us. Lord, may we be known as a congregation that loves as a congregation that cares for people. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.